Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast. My name is Alan, and I'm going to be your host today. Isn't that exciting? Yes, it is. Yay! Yeah, Matt's here too. Hello, Matt. Hello, Alan. How you doing? I'm alive. Everything's great. It's great. It's a, it's a wonderful Saturday morning here in sunny old Melbourne, and I yeah, it's real cold. <laughs> I'm si- sitting here in a onesie with a cup of coffee, and I'm... <laughs> I'm very happy with my life at the moment, to be quite honest. Oh, that's um, good. To, I mean, I don't know if I'm how coherent I'm going to be today. Unfortunately, uh, yesterday was my birthday, so I played a game where I lined up as many bottles of beer and wine as possible, uh, and they look like little soldiers. And this morning, it looks like I'm Napoleon after invading Russia, and they're all dead. Um, so <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. So I don't. Did you know give them little coats? I did. <laughs> That's pleasant. It's cold. I can it's respect cold that. Fridge, dude. dude, it's cold in the fridge. I mean, the red bottles, <laughs> they didn't need it because, you know, they're tough and stuff and they don't need the fridge. But the beer bottle certainly did. Yeah. I do feel sorry Absolutely. about my little soldier sometimes. Yeah. This is just getting very strange very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you and I have had a very different experience in the last couple of days because I've been playing a lot of the big old NHL, which... Is, is pretty fun. I'm doing it so far. Like the beta just um, is about to close up by this point that you're hearing this. It's closed up for a couple of days at this point. Um, so yeah, I've been playing that a lot and that's been sort of like the little downtime game that I've been having, just destroying people online as I should with my beloved flames. Is it fun? It's is a it very, fun? it's a very fun game. Um, they've fixed you get some whack, of the skating. Whack a puck around? You do get to whack a puck around. That is correct. Um, They've fixed a lot of like little things. The last NHL game that I played was 17, and I do like the every two years I buy a new one, like with FIFA, because um, I just don't feel like they change enough every year <laughs> to justify 100 Australian dollars. Um, so yeah, it, it's been pretty good so far. Honestly, I would say if you are interested in hockey at all, this is the one that you should probably be looking into. There's a couple of modes as well that are fairly casual, um, like the one-on-one mode, the three-on-three, um, and the sort of mascot mode, which I believe was in last year as well, but like, you know, get the new one. You generally want to avoid getting year old sports <laughs> games just because they don't get supported at all anymore after a certain point and no one plays them online. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's been ages since I played an NHL game. I think the last one I played might've even been as far back as the PS3. Um, which They've changed I, a lot. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually like the sport, but for me, the, the, the controls of those games are getting too complex. So the thing I liked about the last NHL game that I did play was it was you're able to customize the controls right down to Super NES style controls, actually, if you wanted to, where it was just like you're a two-part one of those game. people. Yes, I'm one of those people. You're I like playing the game wrong. <laughs> Alan, I'm allowed to play the game however I want. And I'm gonna you're just going to lose them. every single time. <laughs> I don't play online. I just play AI. Yeah, I beat even AI on- pretty good. Oh, God. That upsets me. Everything about the... Con- so for those of you who don't understand what the NHL controls are, your right stick is your stick control and is used for pretty much everything. And then you have like poke check and like various checks and like... Yeah, it's it's all like... It's nothing like any other sports game. Like it's not like FIFA where there's a button to hit where you shoot. Like you have to use a stick, which I think is awesome because it makes a lot of sense for that sport. But yeah, I guess... Also, the button menu actually looks like in, uh, like a flight control manual. And, it uh, does also look a bit like a flight control manual. And... <laughs> At least when I was learning how to play 16 ages and ages ago, I was very confused. So I understand the pain. However, it's worth it. Because <laughs> by the point that you're doing some like sick deeks, it's like the best thing ever. And you can just destroy people online. It's real fun. It's a real good game. Sick deeks. Yeah. Especially in Australia where no one knows how to play the game. So there's just like a bunch of people who have no idea what hockey is picking the Pittsburgh Penguins <laughs> and then being like, why am I winning? It's really they're fun. Not, they're not doing sick deeks enough. They're not doing enough sick, de- sick deeks, Matt. Like, obviously. <laughs> it's very clear. The, if we, should we deke into Dead or Alive quickly? Yes, yes. My my tiny bit of news for the week, or I guess bit of news for the week. It's not really that exciting because Koei Tecmo seems to have this thing with Dead or Alive where they keep trying to screw it up as much as possible. They announced two new characters. Um one my wife was actually quite happy to see because it was Rig and she likes Rig. He's here. He's her favorite character. Um, so good that he's back, I guess. The other one is a new character, and surprise, surprise, it's a dude. His name's Miguel, and he looks like Maxi 
from Cell Calibur. Um, and he's like a street fighter and he does headbutts and all kinds of dirty stuff. So, yeah. Wait, he's named Miguel? Miguel? Is it Miguel? I think it's no, Miguel. Miguel's from Tekken. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe he's he looks the angry like Miguel. Spanish man. Tekken, yeah. Well, yeah, he just looks That's like Diego. His... Sorry. Diego. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So he's like the angry, the, the generic angry Spanish dude. And this time it's Diego. And he looks like Miguel or Maxi or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's it's weird because now we're up to like 10 characters. And so far, eight of them have been dudes. So yeah, Dead or Alive is different now. It is. Definitely different. I'm only. I, I can only assume that like they're holding all this stuff back for Tokyo Game Show. And um, yeah, they're just going to release it all in like a deluge. Yeah, there's going to be like. So here's here's 15 new women characters, and they've all got like ridiculously skimpy swimsuits, and we were all just bluffing when we were doing all that stuff for the Western community and pretending it was all about the violence. Um, it's weird. It's so weird what they're doing with Dead I Alive. Just, I just can't. Wait I want it to, to be play. good. I want it to be good. I can't wait to play as not Chris Redfield, Bayman. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I just want him in the game so I can mock him and punch boulders. Well, they haven't even announced him, and he's the best dude. I like Bayman. He's my favourite of the men. And they haven't even announced him yet. And yeah, well, they're that's, just... that's just an absolute disaster. <laughs> it is. It is. It's terrible. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll go a little bit to a music and we'll come back and start talking about some stuff that has been on the tweet sphere for a while now, I feel. Matt, what's the Miku song? I have no idea yet. Um, we're going <laughs> to edit this in after after finishing recording. It's going to be a Miku song, and it's going to be one that I'm sure will annoy Alan. But it's going to annoy me. So It's really going to annoy me. All right. <laughs> Let's go where we drop in, boys. All right, so 
that's that's my really really clever introduction into a little bit of a discussion about a game that matt hates with a passion and i think is kind of just okay <laughs> um, so recently like if you have been paying attention to twitter or anything like that you probably would have seen the news article that recently popped up saying that fortnite made me a drug addict and um yeah <laughs> that's that's an article it's definitely an article it was someone wrote it and paid people to make up stories that's all right um <laughs> so uh for those of you who haven't seen this it's essentially just this article written by someone who's very clearly against video games in general um and how this 17 year old boy almost committed suicide and was a drug addict because of fortnite um the idea behind it being that his friends told him that he should try speed to keep playing fortnite which then led him to being addicted to speed and then he tried to kill it. Yeah. It, it raises numerous questions from the get-go. Because A, how does he get access to this? B, parenting, why? And C, like, why would you then, like, write this article about it instead of, like, seeing professionals? Yeah, I don't know. And it seems a bit <laughs> sus to me. <laughs> it's, I think... So Matt and I have been sort of butting heads over this for quite some time. And I say butting heads in the most like blase way possible because it's not really an argument. It's just, we're arguing the same thing, but on different points. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I think the, the, thing, the thing is, we both agree that the article is terrible. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. The article is absolutely trash fire. It's very, very strange to read. And it, and it, it's not even the, the first and only one. It, it, oh, there are plenty. It, it, yeah, it's the latest in a long line of them, and I think we're both pretty tired about the way that games like Fortnite, as the new popular thing, I guess, um, is being treated in the media. That's pretty. It that's attention of idiots. It does. It does, and it create all these all these articles about, um, you know, Fortnite being addictive and the World Health Organization class in video game addiction as a thing, which everybody immediately then associated with Fortnite because it's the popular game at the moment. It's a big thing. Yeah, it's like all of, thing like two yeah, years ago. Exactly. I mean, all of this stuff is a, a long going, ongoing conversation. And every time a new article pops up about this, Alan and I end up yelling at each other about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, we we agree, but we agree for different reasons. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing that the thing that kind of annoys me is that these articles take. The conversation around away from the actual conversation we should be having about video game addiction um, and Fortnite as a game that people play a lot of. Um, I I think that firstly I think that video game addiction is a thing. Um, I don't necessarily believe the World Health Organization has defined it properly, and I don't necessarily believe that it has been helpful in that discussion. But there is yeah. definitely. <laughs> There is there. I mean, everybody knows that it's possible for video games to, for for people to take them too far, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. It, like like everything. That's exactly. the issue. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> everything. You can get way too addicted to just about everything, and I'm sure that this at some point people are going to have an intervention with me for my Hatsune Miku figure collection. Uh, it doesn't matter what your hobby is; you can take it too far, um, and that's so. The, the fact that there's, they're creating all these articles about stuff and, and giving people an excuse to dismiss It makes them. me a heroin addict, Matt. <laughs> what, the thing I is play Diva in Overwatch. I'm a heroin addict. <laughs> because these articles uh, are bad, um, yeah. they give people an excuse to ignore them, right? And then yeah. ignore everything else to do with them. So all the genuine cases of video game addiction and whatever, uh, people like, eh, whatever, you know, that's, that's nonsense because... There are nonsense articles out there about it, which is really bad. And the other thing that really kind of frustrates me is uh, the the way the conversation's been built up about the link between video games and addictive things like gambling. Um, because amongst other things, you know, the, the way that loot boxes were treated, for example. Thank God that's a dying trend. <laughs> well, the thing is, people think that, you know, once you kill loot boxes, you've killed the gambling side of video games. And that's not true either. Um, I have, I might probably be one of the few journalists that's actually been to an actual convention for actual gambling um, for 
reasons unrelated to my journalism or my games journalism um for other journalism i actually had to go to one of these conferences once a couple of years ago and the conversations that they have at those conferences are exactly the same as the kind of conversations that people have about video games in game development um conferences as well and industry events uh so that link is there um and I didn't really, I didn't really think about it too much until it just start, kept popping up and loot boxes, and then people were treating loot boxes as though they're the only uh, example of gambling in the video game industry. But if you look at a game like Fortnite, um, the actual mechanics of the gameplay itself are built in the same way that the mechanics of the games in gambling are built. And when you go to a gambling game, um, you don't just throw money in and hope to to win there's interactivity in there and the way that the gambling industry works is to make that interactivity compelling enough that you keep playing above and beyond the money that you're throwing into the machine to try and win so yeah we need to have that conversation but we can't have that conversation because again there's all these really shitty articles popping up um that give people an excuse to ignore them <laughs> mm. ignore this whole issue and that's where it annoys me yeah absolutely well, like <laughs> I don't think that Fortnite is necessarily gambling. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think it is gambling because most of it is skill-based. And I understand like the retention strategy that they have is similar, but I would not consider it to be on that level. Well, um, Alan, you do know that poker is a gambling game, right? Yes, but I also actively... poker, poker is very heavily skill-based. You know, skill... Gambling games, are, I mean, not, poker machines don't have much skill, but there are a lot of gambling games that do have quite a bit of skill involved as well. Which yeah, is... I'd say, like, if you're playing, like, there's no real way to make this, like, a like a, um, like a reasonable sort of correlation between the two of them because you can't really play Fortnite in person with someone else and watch them. Do you, like, because poker is so heavily based around the idea of bluffing, right? Fortnite's more just mechanical. Oh, they're definitely no, different. They're yeah, different, like I, I find skills. that I find that like sort of a little bit of a disingenuous. Like, I understand what you're saying. I just don't agree with the concept behind it and the evidence behind it. I guess. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't think the game is necessarily gambling as such. I think it has a, like addictive elements for sure. But then again, like every sort of thing does because that's how they keep players and that's how they keep movie watches and that sort of thing <laughs> it's yeah well that's a bit different i think i i think that's where the fundamental difference is for me the, the film industry is not about creating addiction um people can get addicted to films don't get me wrong um mm. and people do and you know you can get very unhealthily addicted to films as well and the film industry actually had these same issues <laughs> uh or, or similar issues in terms of the way that media villainized it um back when it was kind of the dominant uh form of entertainment for kids i feel like every single form of media that isn't print media has been villainized at some well, point well it's you know you go far enough back and, and literature was you know, sorry i meant like um like newspaper media sort of thing well whatever whatever is the most popular <laughs> whatever is the most popular media for the youth at the time tends to get villainized so it's fun to hate on things people don't understand <laughs> the, the film industry had this the film industry definitely had this but the film films are not made to be addictive actually the entire industry works around getting you to watch as many different films as possible <laughs> as opposed to watching the same film over and over and over and over again um which is where it's different to video games where a game like Fortnite, the absolute need for the developer to monetize it is to have people play it as almost their entire hobby all by itself mm. so that is difference and that is where the kind of the the actual gambling from the gambling industry mechanics come in where they want you playing one game and just one game um, and everything about the game is structured in a way to encourage you not to play something else <laughs> Yeah. So that that is scary for me because that is beyond you know uh, you can talk about other stuff as well like uh, uh, it it leads to too much content and all that kind of stuff uh, an approach to games that's content rather than art driven and that's a different discussion but beyond everything else the way that these games are structured to try and keep you playing the one game forever is is concerning to me and it's not just fortnite uh, league of legends obviously does the same thing Call of Duty every does the same thing. big multiplayer game at this point does it because they're all fighting for the same marketplace 
Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not picking on Fortnite here, um, but I, I'm just saying that insert the itself... joke about cultural Marxism here. <laughs> Equal distribution of the players. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just yeah. I, I, my my concern with this industry is that is that that core gambling inspired idea of keeping people playing the one game. Um, I think that needs to have, we need to have a good discussion about that. We can't have a good discussion about that because the media is too busy making up stories about Fortnite turning you into a speed fiend. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's real dumb. It's dumb. It's very dumb. <laughs> and that's the argument that Matt and I have regularly. <laughs> the argument that ends up not being an argument is just kind of like, yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid, yes. We can all agree it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess... Yes, that's pretty much it. That's all we really have to say about that. <laughs> let's, let's have some happy music, Alan. You can pick yeah. the music. Now. You know what? Any... Let's let's have some lovely music. It's going to put Hollow Knight soundtrack in here. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. And wasn't that just pleasant? Hollow Knight's a very, very good game if you haven't played it before. It's currently on Switch, which is how I'm playing it. Very, very good time if you are interested in Metroidvania platformers. And Aussie developed too. And Aussie developed in the big old Adelaide. Yes, of all places. Yeah, the one place in the world where you probably have to make your own games to survive the boredom. <laughs> I'm from <laughs> Adelaide, it's fine, I can do this. Um, so, uh, I've been playing a little bit of a game called uh, Darkest Dungeon recently because they released an update to it. And I immediately stopped playing Darkest Dungeon after about two or three hours into it and just hating everything, but still liking it. Um, this is this is the introduction to the topic that we're going to be talking about. It's, it's games that, you, that you'd like, but don't ever want to play again. Um, so yeah, Darkest, Darkest Dungeon. It's a lovely game. If you've not played it before, it's... You've got a similar sort of know, style. Lovely. Lovely's not the right word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair cop. Um, it's a, it's an interesting it's a game. game. It's a good game. Yes, it's a very, very fun game, but everything around it is designed to make your experience as awful as possible. 
which thematically works. However, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I can't yeah, deal I mean, with that. I mean, the core the core theme of the game is like, uh, how do hero or you know fantasy heroes uh, deal with the stress of their job? And it's like, yeah, you come home after you've had a stressful job. The last thing you want to do is play a game about stress. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a good time to me. I just love being in constant state of agony. It's fine. <laughs> um, and on that sort of same line of topic, uh, this war of mine did a similar thing to me um where i just didn't want to play the game anymore like it was really really good but oh no not not for my body or my soul um i guess yeah. it's like um because those are kind of serious themed games um you, you got to be in a certain mood for them i guess is the point yeah and, and also like they're good games and i want to play them more <laughs> but i don't yeah i mean when you, come home, <laughs> when you come home after a long day or whatever and you just want to play a game to chill out um those kinds of games are, are difficult because they're not they're not fun in the conventional sense. They're well made, they're good, they're important even, you know, they're arts and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> they're artsy. And I do like my artsy games, but yeah, I mean it's not like you think, oh, I'm in the good I'm in the mood for <laughs> I'm just really know. in the mood to just have my emotions crushed. <laughs> yes, exactly. You there's a very there's a specific very specific time of um <laughs> that you that you might be inclined to do that kind of thing and it's not most days. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know, Matt, but I just really enjoy the idea of sitting down with like a warm cup of cocoa and just having all of my party die and then my campaign's over. It's just a <laughs> It was really fun. This it makes me just feel good inside, you know. You'll probably um, you'll probably have the same response to nineteen seventy nine revolution if you play it. And you should play it. It's um I did see a review of that. I might check it out. I saw it in the Switch store, but I don't know if I'll buy it for a while. Yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant game, and I've actually had it sitting there in my iPad for years. <laughs> Literally oh. years. Uh and I because it was free for a at a point for a couple, a couple of years ago. Oh, like one of the app store of the day thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I downloaded it. I was like, yes, I'm going to play it because everybody keeps raving to me about it and I know it's going to be good. But the whole concept of the thing was like, yeah, I also know that I'm going to need to take this thing seriously. So I just kept putting it off until I had the chance, I guess, to play it for a review. And mm. yeah, I'm glad I did because it is an absolutely brilliant game and you absolutely should play it because it's a very, um, it's a very important topic and people should know more about that revolution than most people do and unlike just about any hollywood film you could watch about the topic this one actually handles it really well and is done by people of iranian descent so um it's actually authentic and it's not nonsense propaganda and all that kind of stuff so it's good in that from that point of view but yeah you got to be in the right mood to play it and yeah for sure um actually this is the part of the every podcast that I seem to have with Matt at this point where I recommend that he plays Lisa, the painful. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know what that game is, it is a sort of earthbound-y game, um, but it's sort of designed with no chill. So <laughs> you'll have a party member and that party member, uh, like if you go to bed and try and like heal up and get all your health back and everything, stuff like that, they might just leave. They might just leave you. Like, that's fine. Like, it just happens. Um, and then there's choices in the game where you have to pick between losing an arm and changing your combat system entirely or losing all of your items, which are incredibly important and needed to, like, get through the game. Um, and then there's, you know, choices where you have to, like, send one of your party members to go play Russian roulette against another party member, like, against someone else from, like, a another, like, rival group or whatever. And you actually have to send them through, like, several times... And there's a very real chance that they'll die. And there's like no consequence other than they die and they're not in your party anymore. So it's just like the game becomes incredibly difficult if you don't like respect the fact that all these things are needed to have a successful like run through of the game, which is awesome. The game's really fun, but I never want to turn it on ever again. <laughs> yeah. Another one that's kind of similar, I think is maybe Badness Saga. Um, yes. Oh, I'd those do... games are good. I love those games, but I'd never want to actually play them. Um, that soundtrack, and, though, Austin Wintry, my boy. It, it's amazing from end to end. I love, <laughs> love the art. I love the storytelling. I love the games. I love the way they're designed. I love the music. Everything about them I, I really like. But again, they're quite uh, 
quite difficult to play for fun because they require that you make all kinds of really difficult choices and there's a whole lot of uh, moral philosophy in there and as that's kind of my topic I always end up overthinking those games when I play them and then it becomes tiring to play them and then I think oh, <laughs> well, does it not surprise me that you're sitting there like with like your switch or iPad or something just like looking at the screen for 25 minutes and just going like I can't think about this anymore <laughs> just turn yeah it oh, that's pretty much exactly it and then, I, <laughs> and, then, and then I go and then I go and turn on a Hatsune Miku game and I'm happy again but yeah these these games are yeah, I don't, I don't actually don't know if I'm ever going to get to the third one. I'm currently halfway through the second one, I think. Um, and, yeah, it's just hard. Mm. <laughs> it's, I, I think they're amazing, but they're hard. Um, I think the most I, important thing to actually make a point of is that all these games that we're talking about, except for Hollow Knight, not Hollow Knight, um, except for, what was the one that I was talking about before? No, nah, it's okay, whatever. All the ones that we're talking about um, are Kickstarter games. Yeah. And have been made for people to be upset too. <laughs> so yeah. Banner Saga was probably one of the biggest early successes. I would it say was, Kickstarter. It was, yeah. And then yeah. Darkest Dungeon was huge. And then um This War of Mine was I think it was for Kickstarter, was it? No, I don't think it was. Or was it? No, I don't think so. I think it was uh it was just developed. <laughs> mm. Um by that's the Polish developer, isn't it? Uh, yeah. eleven bit eleven bit. Um, I don't know if that one was Kickstarted or not. There might have been a Kickstarter for an expansion or something because they keep adding to that game and stuff. Oh, the reason I thought there was is because there's a board game now of this war of mine. Ah, the board game. Yeah. 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 And that looks really cool as well. And also it's like something that I will probably want to buy, but never touch. <laughs> yeah. A bit like the Dark Souls one. I bought yeah. the Dark Souls one never touched it, actually. That's it cool. looks good. It's a nice yeah. board game. Yeah. Nicely presented. It looks real uh, pretty. Yeah. I guess. Um, I did want to also mention another angle, I guess, to this is games that I really enjoyed or think are amazing and never want to play again. It also includes Persona Goddamn 5. Um, yeah, it's 100 hours of my because life. Because it's 100 hours long. If you're going to take 100 hours of my life, you have better be something so mind-blowing that it's better than Persona 4, and Persona 5 and was is. not. <laughs> it is. It's not. It's not. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's a really good game. It's a really, really, really good game. It has everything that I should like about the games, um, and it does. It's got N, which makes me happy. It has it has good combat. It has good style. It's got a good groove. It's got good art. It's a great game. It tells a good story. <laughs> Why are you, like, okay, so you're saying literally, like, this game's perfect. <laughs> no, no, I said it's good, great, excellent, but it's not Persona 4. It's not, it's not brilliant quite mm. there. So, yeah, it there's too many games that are too long. I know I've said this a couple of times in the past. There are too many games that are too long and don't quite justify that length. Um, that, some of the dungeons do drag on. I will agree with you. Like the the last like boat dungeon. So long for no reason. That and I also remember Futaba's dungeon. Oh, the, the Pyramid Land. Yeah, which was the pyramid itself was probably not such the end of the world. But why do you have to go through like that desert town beforehand? I kind of liked that. No, I don't. It, it's too long. It was too. It just took me too long to get through it. And because you're bad at the game, man. Actively, actively <laughs> did not like it then. Um, get good. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I just think there are some games that would do with being shorter, or at least offering people a shorter way of playing them. I think. Yeah. Um, well, on that topic, I feel like I'm just going to end up playing Persona Five music in the break. So we're going to play Persona Five music now. It's good music. It's good music. Incredible music. So uh, we'll. We'll leave you with that and then we'll come back and have a little binge, I feel.
back everybody so we're into our last section of the podcast this week and we are going to talk about stuff um nice <laughs> yes specifically uh stuff that we will continue buying um from our favorite franchises or franchises that we've been playing for a long time even as we slowly see them degenerate into absolute crapland and for some reason, we feel a loyalty to those games and series and keep buying them. So the reason that we thought this podcast was the thought of this section, or I did anyway, was because I have bought the recent Harvest Moon on the Nintendo Switch, and it's really not good. <laughs> it's, it's, well, so we live in a world where Stardew Valley exists. Uh, Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like Stardew Valley and I like what um, the actual development team from uh, Harvest Moon has gone and done since. So uh, for people who don't know, there was something of a split um, that happened in uh, the Harvest Moon series where Harvest Moon, the license, went to Natsume and a different developer. And then the team that was doing the Harvestman series went away and started to, to do the Story of Seasons series, which is actually really good as well. Um, I think the last one was on the 3DS or something, and it was really good. Uh, the Harvestman series has gone to a developer that is really not good, and those games are not not really good at all. Um <laughs> But I keep buying them because I see the Harvest Moon, you know, label, and I feel like I have this loyalty for this series, which I've been playing since the Super <laughs> Nintendo and Game Boy Color, and loving, and I have this really fierce loyalty to this series, and I keep buying the bloody games, even though I know that I'm not going to enjoy them that much. Um, and this one, yeah, it's it, it's basically a port of a mobile phone game. Um, oh, good. That's what I want to hear. And it was somehow also released on the PlayStation 4, so you can actually play a mobile po- phone port of a Harvest Moon You can also game. play Life of Black Tiger on PS4, so it's like not the, <laughs> not the most surprising of things, unfortunately. Yeah, it, but it, it has that kind of top-down, cheap-looking um, visual style, and you can grow crops, sure, but... Can you buy the crops? Yeah. No, money? you can't. There's no, there's no microtransactions. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a premium mobile phone game. Um, but yeah, the, the story is clumsy and not very enjoyable. And yeah, it, it just, it, it 
it is a Harvest Moon game in the way that it works, um, but it kind of doesn't have the soul of Harvest Moon or the understanding, I guess, of the soul of Harvest Moon that the original developers really built over the years. So disappointing, but I say that and then... Are you still going to buy the next one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I have, I seriously, I do have the very fierce loyalty to it. That one and the other one I will say is, well, there's a couple that I would probably continue buying even if they turned out to be crap. Um, like Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors, for example, the Musou series. If for whatever reason I stopped thinking those games were enjoyable, and I know I'm in the minority when I say Dynasty Warriors 9 was really good, but I thought it was really good. But yeah, if those games were to go... <laughs> so, so, if those games were to go to buggery, even as far as I was concerned, I would still buy them because, again, I'd still have that loyalty to the brand. I just have such good memories of playing those games and loving them that I wouldn't be able to resist buying a new one, uh, even when my brain is saying don't. And also Final Fantasy. And I know that... Oh, they did go. <laughs> yeah, see, I know that you have these... these, these I know you have these thoughts on Final Fantasy, but I enjoyed Final Fantasy fifteen. I, I also like Final Fantasy fifteen. This is that love... there was a period of time that Final <laughs> Fantasy died beyond recognizable belief. Yeah, so I love the Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy with a passion. Um, I really enjoyed those games. So I'm saying provisionally, even if I was to stop enjoying the direction that Final Fantasy took, I would continue to buy those. And that's different to I mean, Square Enix's other JRPG series, Dragon Quest, which I enjoy, but I don't have a particular loyalty to. If those mm -hmm. games started to suck, I'd have no problem not buying them. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Final Fantasy, if you put Final Fantasy on the box, you're probably going to get a purchase out of me. Yeah, it's, that's pretty much my thing with any Bethesda game at this point. <laughs> but we can't really talk about them. So Fallout 76 better not suck or I'll be sad. And Elder Scrolls 7... Five, six, <laughs> I can count. <laughs> Better not suck too. I'll be real sad and I'll still buy it anyway. Wait, was that announced? Uh, yeah, it was a trailer. It was like a oh. flying through the world and then said Elder Scrolls 6 and it's like, no was like, yeah, no one's surprised by this. Yeah, <laughs> because I missed supposed to be three this year. Um, I didn't know that. That's mm. good. I mean, I actually have like four different versions of goddamn Skyrim. So... Yeah, look, I've been playing Skyrim again, and <laughs> wide as a ocean, shallow as a pond. This is probably the best way to describe that game. And watching, for I bought Fallout Four again for the first time, and playing that after playing New Vegas again was just a constant source of disappointment. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I thought that. Um, I mean, I, I don't play Fallout, but I have been. I have played all of the Elder Scrolls games over the years. Um, and after Morrowind, which was a Morrowind's movie, very, very good. Yeah, Morrowind's an absolute masterpiece. Like I would also say Oblivion's good, but I, yeah. I thought Oblivion was okay, but Skyrim is just kind of there, and I don't know why I keep buying Skyrim games. Actually, uh, I think well, because I Todd to... Howard has infested your mind. <laughs> the thing was, I, I bought Skyrim on Skyrim on the PS3, which was not the ideal platform. That for was it, the was... worst platform. <laughs> the game but was, was great. <laughs> It was the only platform I had to play it, so I kind of struggled through it. And then the HD version came out on PS4, so I felt like I wanted to play like a good quality version of it, so I bought that. And then the VR version came out, and I was like, you know what, this could be pretty good on VR. And it turned out to be pretty good on VR as a tech thing, but the game itself is still Skyrim. And then I bought it on the Switch, Switch. because I thought <laughs> I, might, I might want to play it portable. So I have four versions of this game, and I've never really enjoyed any of them. So, like, I feel like the Switch version is probably the best one, though, just from... Is it? Like, not in my opinion, because, like, I feel like it's a very, very good pick-up for half an hour on a tram and put down because everything looks the exact same and then come back to it at the end of the day. Because <laughs> I haven't actually played the Switch one yet. <laughs> I've got a copy, but, yeah, I played through the VR version and bought the Switch version at the same time, and I was like, yeah, I don't need to play it again on the Switch right now. Yeah, so that would be that would be my next playthrough for sure. Yeah, um, and then on that topic as well, Gran Turismo. Oh dear! <laughs> as soon as they, I remember. So I was, I want to say, like nine or ten when they announced Gran Turismo Five, and I was a kid who would sit down and do the twenty-four hour races in Gran Turismo Four. Like I would do the, I'd drive as long as I could, do B spec mode and then just leave the PS2 running overnight. And then my dad and I would like share controls like the next morning <laughs> and do that. Um, and then I remember Gran Turismo 5 Prologue got announced and I was like, oh, it's the new Gran Turismo. Um, 
I never actually ended up buying it because I couldn't afford a PS3 because it was a thousand Australian dollars <laughs> at the time. Um, but uh, I remember playing it at a friend's place and just looking at it and thinking, four looks kind of just better and also plays better and is less annoying to deal with and has more cars. And I, I still, like to this day, I will end up buying every single Gran Turismo-based product. Like I bought, uh, so I bought five, I bought six and like the prologue mode, whatever it was called for six as well. I don't remember. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> and then I bought sport and I was like very much in love with sport because it looked very pretty and ran very well and was fun to drive cars in, but they've been slowly killing it. <laughs> and I have a feeling that the next Gran Turismo will just be a racing game rather than a simulation thing where I can go into my car and change the transmission for no reason and be like, yeah, transmission has been changed. <laughs> Cause like the way they're doing it now is they've changed it to like this weird, put in your driver points into your car and it, you'll get a rider range of like power options. That's not what I want. I want a car PG. I don't want driver points. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I like GT Sport for the VR thing again. Um, that was yeah. a pretty good VR thing. Really I mean, good that's thing, fair. Actually. Um, but I certainly didn't find it inspiring enough to want to spend a lot of time playing. I guess. It had a lovely soundtrack, though. It had a very, very good selection of music. It had some French jazz in it, which and I look, quite it enjoyed. It, it does. Amazing. Oh, it's gorgeous. Like, it has no business looking as good as it does. And I will be the first person to say and jump on the bandwagon that the. Um, the photo mode in that game is, oh, it's, oh, it's real good. It's very, very pretty. Like I sat down and just downloaded like the, like a 30 gig pack of just like scapes to put your car in. Well, you remember posted. you had like um, on, on your Twitter, your profile like yeah. that, uh, was like this car. and It was my Lancer was Evo. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, dude, where did you get that photo? And you're like, <laughs> it's actually a GT Sport thing. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, it, it, it does look like photorealistic and it's amazing. Um, I, it amazing makes me so excited to see what they do next, but also at the same time, I'm dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I reckon Sony should just release like a, a photo mode game for GT. Pokemon Snap with cars. Yeah, for like five bucks or something. Yeah, yeah just, uh, just They have all the models. Like, yeah, exactly. They've got all that stuff and that photo mode is Sony's best thing these days in all of so those games. It's so good. Yeah. All of its games. They do a great job with that. God of War's one's amazing because you can make Kratos smile. He's a happy boy. <laughs> <laughs> he needs this he needs a moment to smile. It's, it's not his fault. <laughs> and on that note, on that very happy note, because Kratos is smiling, um, we Smiley might boy. wrap up for the week. I don't know what music. You got a particular track you want? Um, I'm gonna pick some God of War music. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna video you then. Oh, it's good. You've been beat over. Okay, I'll do Civilization 6 then. Okay, that'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> and we will see you. Uh, we will see you at the next week's podcast. <laughs>